page fright is recorded in Vancouver on the traditional territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Page Fright. My name is Andrew French. I'm on Twitter at the Andrew French, and this is the only literary podcast in the universe that I host. And today I am thrilled to be bringing a new episode for two reasons. First, being it has been a minute. It's been about three weeks. Um, I think actually exactly three weeks since the last episode with Rob Taylor was put out. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to Rob, and and the same goes for every guest, I guess, that I've had, but also this guest today. Um, The other reason I am excited to be sharing this is that it's become difficult to get in touch with each other in the writing community over the past few weeks. Luckily, a lot of it is online anyway, but the reason being, if you're listening to this way off in the future, um, that we are currently in the middle of the COVID-19 sort of pandemic, um, which is a terrifying word to be using. And I'm not actually sure about a lot of the language around this, but um, yeah, I, I think that right now this is a vital time for things like Page Fright and um, other podcasts too, and radio shows and these sorts of things that we can listen to and read um, as well from far away from each other at a distance. So now's a great time to be getting some reading done, which means hopefully you can check out books like today's subject, Mythical Man by David Lee. David is a writer and poet based in Vancouver. He holds a Bachelor of Arts in World Literature, English, and Creative Writing, as well as a Master of Publishing degree from Simon Fraser University. His poetry has appeared in a range of magazines and anthologies, including The Puritan, Prism International, and The Thames Review. His chapbook, Stubbleburn, came out with Anstruther Press in 2018, and David's full-length poetry collection, Mythical Man, is the subject of today's episode. You can check out the link below to find out more about the book. Um, Without further ado, I am really, really excited to be sharing this interview with you, so I suggest we jump right in, and we'll do that, um, yeah, right now. Here we go. I'm here virtually for the first of our virtual, I guess, series that I'm going to have to end up doing for this podcast. Um, first virtual interview with David Lee. David, how's it going? Good. In quarantine. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, how does it feel to be the first returning guest on the show? I'm the first returning guest? <laughs> you absolutely are. <laughs> um, That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> talked, uh, we talked like... Uh, I guess it was last year now, and you were talking about Stubbleburn, which was your chat book. Um, and now, of course, we are talking about Mythical Man, which is the new full-length collection that I have read and am fully ready to endorse on the show because it was very, very cool. Um, I found that you went through so many different styles of poems. And yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited to talk about this collection. Um, but there will be people who... Um, are committing the sin of not having listened to your first episode. So for them, how would you describe what you do? Like with the poems? Or... Yeah. <laughs> or just like, I don't know. Usually I ask this question and I expect people to be like, oh, I'm a writer. But oh, uh, um, you can go deeper than that, too. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a poet. I'm a writer. Um, I, I don't how I describe what I do. Probably poet by accident poet because I took 
one last course in undergrad because I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Is that how you came into poetry? I did, I did, because I did the uh, creative writing certificate at SFU, and um, I needed one more upper-level creative writing class, and I managed to do the entire uh, certificate before that, before the one class needed avoiding poetry, because I was like, ah, I don't like poetry. I'm not going to learn it. I'm not going to write it. But I needed right. one more course, and then I was like, ah, oh, I guess I'll do it. It's poetry, but I'll do it because I need to get the certificate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Fair um, enough. That's what happened, and the rest is history, I guess. Um, and now you're out here getting a book out on one of Amazon's top selling lists, which is pretty <laughs> crazy. That was today. I feel like in, in a couple weeks, people will listen to this episode for real. It's coming out on Wednesday. I'm going to edit it down tomorrow, but um, people will listen to this in like a couple weeks and they'll be like, oh, it was only there a couple weeks ago because i feel like this is gonna rock it i think you're in for a good time <laughs> oh i would love to be in for a good time the top of the episode again to get people acquainted with your work would you be able to read a piece over skype for us uh sure this is really weird Re- recording a podcast over skype do you want to do something fun how about you pick a page number and i'll just jump to that page number Oh man, okay. Um, the book has 24. 69 pages. So which one do you want? 24? No, it doesn't. Wait, can we rewind? Does it actually have 69 pages? It does. The last pages? poem ends on page 69. Oh Happy my god, accident. tell me that was on purpose. Oh, no, okay. it was totally bad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, page 24. Uh, yeah. That's at the beginning of the book, obviously. Oh, you can't pick that one because it's... <laughs> It's like it's like the middle of Stubble Burn, which is I guess I I don't want to read Stubble Burn because I already read that one. Yeah, I'll read the one right beside Stubble Burn. Okay. It's called Poem Made from Kindling. What's happening okay. is like a needle, finally finding its sweet spot, entering at the perfect angle, so the flow starts. A steady rush, slowing time around two bodies, when it should keep moving like any other day. On any other day, a kiss would just be a kiss. But this, this is the cure for hoping too long. As in, only minutes after meeting, asking, how long is too long to hold a gaze? Maybe on another day, everything could be brushed aside, like the strands in this silver fox's hair. But his wedding band glimmers, and I'm reminded that I'm being watched through a framed photo. Ooh, twist at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, can I ask you a question from your poem? Yeah, of course. How long is too long to hold a gaze? Um, until you kiss them. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When you both, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fair enough. You should ask that um, question to the next guest on the podcast. Oh, yeah, just ask them that. That could be your question if you want. I'll use that one. That's a pretty yeah. good question. Amazing. So uh, tell me a little bit about, um, I do want to talk about the poem specifically, but I have a bunch of questions yeah. off the top about the book as a whole. So I'm wondering, like, tell me a little bit about what the difference was for you in writing this full-length collection in terms of, like, you're coming off of writing a chapbook before. How were these uh, experiences different for you? Uh, well, I, I kind of feel like there were one one experience because when um, when I finished Stubble Burn, that chapbook, uh, I kept writing, adding to that collection. So the poems I never made into Stubble Burn 
um, ended up in Mythical Man just drastically different. So I just kept writing. But I think like after Stubbleburn was out and yeah, it, the poems just kind of took on a life of their own when readers started reading them. And then, of course, I started growing as a person from Stubbleburn, um, that chapbook. So the poems that I kept adding to the collection that was originally Stubbleburn just eventually turned into Mythical Man, I guess. So the same themes are there, just a bit um, like bigger. Um, <clears throat> bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got that for sure. There seemed to be a different scope. Yeah, like I wanted Mythical Man to be like just more grand and and wider and like you said wider in scope um expanding on the themes that i had in stubble burn but make them larger (laughs) yeah no totally like i i think a lot of people when i ask that question on the podcast and i've asked it before um will typically just kind of shock me in a way and say oh it was the same it was just longer um which is like yeah, I know, but 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 I don't. I think that's it for a lot of people. It's like that is the basic experience, right? It's like this is the same thing, but it's just a little longer. Um, but it seems like there's a bit of a different focus too in terms of in Mythical Man in terms of um, like I used the word scope there, but you were saying making it grander um, or more grand. I'm not sure if grander is a word, but more grand. Um, and I I think that that's totally there in in oh, the good. piece. Oh good, I'm glad. Cool. Yeah, because I think just um, yeah. yeah. Like naming the book Mythical Man in itself, I think that just has a lot of con- not connotations. Just um, it just invokes is really, um, it just it just invokes feelings of something very like grand and big, right? And I no hope- for sure. I mean, yeah. your title is a statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I had a lot more fun just adding the poems to this book because like especially so there's like there's four parts in the book and. I feel like the first three are um, grounded in like familiar territory for me almost um, in the in the way that the poems are um, uh, more or less based on like real experiences or made up experiences with um, influences of reality in them. But the fourth part, I had a lot more fun writing because it was it's all about myth making, I found, and like bigger focus on storytelling and, and things that I can make up and make them seem like myths, I think um yeah yeah no I mean that's that's totally there I I felt that as well like the first three parts of the book um are obviously um distinct like they are different from each other but there's a lot of thematic carryover and so on but when you get to that fourth part there seemed to be a divide that you could tell the shift in style was there um what was that kind of like for you putting a collection together that went through these somewhat different uh like tones and and styles of writing Mm, I think it was just, it was fun. It was it was like a play a playful experience because it was my chance to really just you know play with my voice and style in poetry, right? Um, play with also like visual representation of the poems on the page. Um, I really decide, I really put no like limits on what I wanted to do or could do or like I didn't even think about like what should be done. I kind of just did it just to see if I could do it, and it turns out some of it I could. Uh, like a good poem that is a really good representation of like how I experimented was is that poem called Disco the Pug is Mine. Like that yeah. one, I feel like <laughs> that one really breaks this kind of format, traditional formatting that's established in the book prior to it. Like it kind of just explodes on the page. Like it's just words everywhere. And that was kind of fun to write because I never thought I could like understand, let alone write poetry that looked like that. Hmm. Yeah. And 
And how did you overcome that sort of like, I don't want to call it fear. I don't want to put that word in, in your territory there, but like, it seems like this was something that you weren't used to doing. Yeah. So how did you approach that? Um, well, I had a really good editor who like really encouraged me to like, just <laughs> go for it, go for things. Right. Jim Johnstone was the editor and he just was really supportive of me. And I think he knows where I can go with my writing and he pushes me a little bit more when I'm a bit um, apprehensive or scared and like that's a really great thing to have in an editor, someone who pushes you because they know you can do like better almost. Or you, yeah. yeah. And it was it was good. So yeah, I think the fear was there, but it was just like one, I wanted to play a lot, and with a really supportive editor, I felt like okay to do that in the in the writing. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Um, I have to ask, and and this is sort of off topic, I guess, but it's a question I want to ask to everybody as I'm doing these, I guess, interviews in the age of coronavirus. Um, (laughs) I'm wondering, how is your writing shifting or changing in isolation as we are all... Um, it, today is the 23rd of March for, for people who are listening. Um, and this is today, I think there was like a very big government statement of, okay, we might have to start policing things if people aren't actually starting to self-isolate. <laughs> God. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, but, uh, that's, that's the world we're living in right now. And, uh, so how has this impacted your writing, I guess, practice? Um, I haven't been writing a lot actually since like in isolation um i'm not alone so like i'm with someone but right. playing a lot more video games um, nice <laughs> just, i'm still working though i work from home though so the routine is is just slightly altered for me a bit but i haven't actually been writing a lot and even before like the quarantine stuff i haven't been writing a lot just because i don't know i'm just kind of tired <laughs> but like and that's for poetry like i haven't written a lot of poems but i've been kind of just diving in a diving in and out of this kind of prose project I have and 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 it's trying to like shift my brain to write in prose um yeah (laughs) interesting and and of course this is a another question I've asked before for a lot of writers who do write in multiple styles um what has that been like for you sort of shifting from writing poetry and mythical man to this new prose project you're working on well it's hard um like (laughs) I'm the kind of the writer uh, a writer a poet who like edits while I write and I feel like that's part that 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 the skill works really well for me in poetry because I can yeah edit while I write and get what I want out but I feel like in prose I don't think it's working for me because it's like almost um what's the word I'm looking for detrimental to myself like the way Mm. yeah because I feel like for me at least for prose I feel like I just need to like just just word vomit it all out onto like the page and just just write what I'm thinking and then go back and edit I feel like that would be more beneficial I'm finding but I haven't been doing that just because I've been too picky and editing my own sentences <laughs> but yeah so fair it's hard. Enough. uh that, to, that makes yeah. sense yeah so I'm like I'm trying to break my um kind of like regular comfortable mindset when it comes to creative writing uh, when it comes to writing another um into in another genre yeah which is challenging, but I think I can do it. I think you can do it too. I believe in you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I can see that being uh, like it would pose a lot of problems. I am terrified as somebody who I, I took mostly poetry classes, so sort of the inverse experience. Uh, yeah. Um, and and I am terrified of writing prose as a result. Yeah, it's hard. Um, 
because it's just so long. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I can't hold my attention that long. But I, I get that there's like a lot of anxiety in, in a lot of writers when they start writing in different styles. And same with mm-hmm. people who are just starting out writing for the first time. Any style is new to you. It can be a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think what you're talking about is pretty natural from what mm-hmm. I can tell. Um, mm-hmm. But I am no expert. Mm-hmm. Um I do have a question for you, though, from my last episode's guest. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. This may even feed into what we're talking about, but what part of the writing process excites you the most? Um, And a note that they added to this question was they would prefer if it's a very, very small, tiny detail. Wait, what do you mean? Wait, what does that mean? Um, Something that like, like what small aspect of the writing process excites you the most, I guess? Um, I think the... For me, I think the word or the thing that comes to mind is like potential. Uh, when I come up with like new poem, that's a new writing project. Um, I like to see like if that poem or the themes or like the imagery associated with that poem can be applied elsewhere in other pieces and I can like connect things. So I'm, I think the part that excites me about starting a new writing project is what else can come out of that, what other project can come out of that. Hmm. that makes sense interesting so do you do you feel yourself like these projects that you're working on um obviously two of them are out now stubble burn and mythical man um they feed into each other right we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. how even when i just mentioned page 24 (laughs) that there was a poem that uh that fed on a lot of the themes it sounds like from stubble burn or literally was part of stubble burn it was part of stubble Um, it was actually the title poem stubble burn There you go. Okay. Wow, that's funny that I picked that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so these par- these projects obviously feed into each other. Um, I forget where I was going with this question, but um, I'm just interested to know, like, these new things that you're working on, do you feel like they're feeding off of what you were doing with Mythical Man, or do you feel like that book is out now and you've moved on to new things? Mm, no, I'm, I'm still stuck in, like, kind of the world I created in Mythical Man. Um, Interesting. It's been with me for a while now, actually, like just the imagery and the characters in the book. They're like, they're still there. And I want to like just shine more of a spotlight on them and see what I can do by giving them more room on the page than what can be held in a poem. Um, so I think the next project is is definitely going to be intertwined with Mythical Man. And I mean, like it's it's a really... I'm really excited about the this the, like the concept and the idea of like myth making and what does that mean and like what what does it mean to like um, tell stories and and the stories we tell ourselves about the world and even ourselves and there's a lot of like nice potential there I think I can explore in in another project so yeah and like it's, I'm always I've always been obsessed with like myths and like yeah that mythology and mythical animals and whatnot and people turning into animals it's really cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i totally agree i think there's tons of stuff there and like in terms of what you're writing about in mythical man too it is a full-length collection but 69 pages like uh there is still probably a lot that you have left to say and like feed on in here so i'm excited mm-hmm. to read whatever else you do um, especially if you're fine with this because like it's very very interesting to me i'm i'm enjoying reading it <laughs> Thanks. um yeah 
and uh, I'm hoping to get a physical copy of your book. Um, like I have had a chance to read the book. I've I've read the copy that you sent me. Um, like digitally, this is like a peek behind the curtain for people who are listening, but, um, but like, I really want a physical copy because I love the cover of your book and oh, I, I know love. you're not supposed to judge books by their cover. Oh, you totally uh, can. No, that's, that's, yeah. that's a lie. You can. I mean, it's a positive judgment in this case. Um, for those of it you who haven't seen be. it, it always take a be. look. Yeah, it's I I really 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 like the look of the physical book that you've got, um, and so I'm like super eager to get my hands on a physical copy now. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for you to hold it. It's really cool. Did yeah, it's been out really well. Sorry. Like no, no no um I was just gonna ask like because I it's not something I've done before like publishing well a collection of any length. Do mm-hmm. you find like obviously holding that collection has to be a very special and cool moment. Um, yeah. But exactly was this is. like. <laughs> When <laughs> when you got it and when you held when you held this book or you you opened it for the first time, um, did it fit? Like, does it feel like the way that you wanted it to feel? I, oh this yeah, is such a weird question, Completely. but yeah, you're jumping no, in and did. saying yes. It did, it did. Um, I just tend not to. I try not to read it through because I'm scared to find any typos. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I knew the pages were gonna feel like this, um, and I knew the end pages were gonna look like this translucent paper because I specifically was trying to get that um but yeah I was it's a bit different because I, I I work in book publishing so I know a bit of these things and it was nice to work with a press that I knew like where their books were being printed and I can like I knew what the books was going to feel like um before I even got Mythical Man because I have other books from like Coach House who have been printed and they're like excellent quality and I'm really happy with the print job and the design aspect of it all yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not really something I normally ask about, but I wanted to bring it up because I know you work in publishing and and there's got to be sort of an affinity for the text there um, mm-hmm. that, that I was interested in talking about. Um, because I've seen, obviously, like pictures and stuff of this book and uh, it looks just so cool. So I am I yeah, am so like, eager to check all it out. That and, credit. It's, and I'm glad that it fits yeah. everything that you were that you were looking for, too. Yeah, all that credit for how the book look definitely goes to um, my designer. So, like, that's really great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she did a really great job. Yeah, she did a really um, great job. Kate Hargreaves, that's her. If anybody wants a cover designer, hit her up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I want to now. We're about halfway through. We're kind yeah. of speeding through here, but um, would I be able to get you to read our poem roulette poem of the day? Yeah. Um, for people who are listening, David is the first person I'm interviewing over Skype in this what will be a long stretch of Skype interviews. Um, and so I can't give people physical books anymore. So normally I would reply or reply. I would rely on the poem generator that uh, the poetry and voice group um, has. But I found that they also have poem roulette. Um, and so this seems so much more exciting to me. So I'm getting David to test this out for the first time. David has gone through, gotten three randomized feelings, and then they're going to match a poem to that. David, what feeling did you say we were going with today? Haunted. Haunted. <laughs> That's right. So that David has picked haunted, haunted, so you'll get a poem. Ooh, okay, so I clicked I mean, there's a good debate. My other choices were grumpy and silly, but those are silly, so <laughs> I'm going to pick haunted. Ooh. Um... Oh, this is so funny. This poem is by Kinesia Lubrin. Oh, awesome. Um, so, it, Haunted, Kinesia. Kinesia Lubrin, Haunted. 
Um, this poem that came up is called Sons of Orion for Alton Sterling, Andrew Loku, Philando Castile, et al. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a long one. I've never read this poem before, so... Okay, here we go. <laughs> I want to live, son, but which son are you? There where the rivers are made of moonshine and the lights still wait, moved by the music of the dealer's bootleg CDs. Have you left the street side, the regal stage for another watery home? What still lingers by blood, the bulk of wound in your ghetto sonata? What bites the freak off by its defiance of bandages? There may never have been an autumn too scared for this summer solstice. Given the body's exotic architecture, it's prostrate before the cosmic rubble, its willingness to cope with joy as it spins farther out from knowing too much of the bulk, not enough of the blood, the creeping, catatonia passing for touch and air, on the studied shade of night bleached in a sunlit porous concrete. Who were you before? SOS, soul. And if not the names of this sun of this sub solar of the subsolar roll call, do not try to pull or remove your stitches on your own. Whose soul are you, then sun? River Fort King Whiskey Night Mathematician? Sun like mountains turned through co op efforts black at night? Soul still in declination? How far would you go to make sense of sunburn, to make every candle yearn? Make brief light and pray how they taught you. Light and pray too. This light is yours. Ooh. I had to read that probably a couple times to understand what it's about, but that there you go. That's a first read through. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the fun is getting to people to read it on a first time first time through. Um I have to ask now, David, do you feel haunted? I always feel haunted. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> you cool. you always feel haunted. Yeah, I always do. This is cool. This poem roulette. I can pick like different moods. Is there like it's an interesting a horny concept? Mood? Like what if that's that's intended <laughs> to be a mood? I think and this is un, this is an unfortunate potential downfall. Maybe we need to write to poetry and voice. But I believe because they are geared towards high school students, I don't know how appropriate a horny mood would be. They're seductive, so I mean... <laughs> I think that's as close as you're going to get, though, to be fair. I'm still spinning. <laughs> I have I have another question for you, though, which which yeah. is, if you were to put a poem from Mythical Man up on a site like this, what mood do you think somebody would have to click to get your poem? Um, aside from horny? Um, aside from horny. <laughs> um, maybe... That's a good question. What mood... I don't know. What you read it? You tell me. <laughs> I did read it. I think horny is there. Uh, <laughs> What's another one that's less obvious? But I think I want to say something like lustful. Oh, that's a good one. But lustful. But does that ca- like I don't see that lining up next to silly and like haunted. But uh, I think lustful might describe David's poems quite well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I mean good. that in a nice way, too. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm taking it as a nice way. Good. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, too. Like, I wonder, because the thing about this site that draws me to it as a way to do this over 
Skype is that um, they use pretty contemporary Canadian poets. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, yeah. like we can tell from Kinesia being on there. Um, and so it's interesting to me that, you know, I can put these people in conversation with one another in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of fun. Um, because one of the things that I'm learning, and I don't know, maybe this is something you can speak to, but if not, I'm already talking about it, so I'm just going to finish my point, which is that, um, you know, I think I've learned in the past year of doing this podcast that, like, the writing community is so small. Um, yeah. Like, when you, when you get involved, and everybody is so willing to help each other and stuff, that it's kind of cool to get people to read each other's poems like this. It is cool. Um, it is very cool. I don't know. Um, I have to ask as well, uh... Unfortunately, I mean, I know you were looking at doing like a tour with Mythical Man. Um, I mean, it's kind of on hold. I, yeah, I don't. I'm not supposed to tour to the end of May, and so it's, oh, it's okay. March 23rd now. But they were recording in May. Seems like it's far away. So we're just we're just kind of like putting things on pause. And if any venues cancel, then they cancel. But who knows what the state of Canada, the world, will be at the end of may <laughs> the summer <laughs> no for sure um, yeah but i did um, have to cancel my of... massey reading oh yeah i i think that's what maybe is in my head is that that, that was the one that i was looking at yeah um but uh i wanted to ask because uh one of the things i really admire about your poetry um is the way that it lends itself to being read and one of the things i really admire about the way you read your poetry is how like soothing and slow and like well-paced uh, your readings are and I'm oh, wondering I? because I had you read. <laughs> yeah I think so um, um I you. I had you read from Stubbleburn uh last year and uh at least that was the way that I felt and obviously we've heard you read one poem from Mythical Man now but mm. do you find it different reading these poems like aloud from the chat book that you had out before um uh no <laughs> no <laughs> No, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to do it, but, like, I don't like, I don't really like reading, <laughs> aloud at least. Really? Um, yeah, I just, yeah, because I never, I feel like I'm always going too fast, or I'm not, yeah, doing it right, but. I, just... No, I feel like you, you do a very good job of, like, you have a very calm, everybody has a reading voice, and I find your voice to be very, like, calming and, like, <laughs> focused on being well-paced. Uh, you're laughing at me, but I this is an <laughs> honest feeling I have. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at your honest feeling. It's, it, thank you very much. It's just it's funny because I never thought about myself as that um, when <laughs> I'm reading. Because yeah, honestly, I, I'm just, like, so, like, um, nervous and not i'm like i'm I'm praying i can get all the words out and not fumble them i know i mumble a lot sometimes so i try not to i'm trying to focus on like not fumbling when i'm reading um yeah we can try again do you want to read another poem (laughs) i'll get you to read another poem right at the end but for now we we are yeah we are at time though for you to ask a question to my next guest and Uh, we can go with the one we had earlier which was how long is too long to hold a gaze yeah, um, we can do that one. But I'm interested to see if you have any others. No, that, that's the I one. want to ask that one. How long is too long to hold a gaze? And my answer is before see, normally you I <laughs> Normally I turn it around and ask people, yeah, we already we already established your answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the question I'll ask. Okay, perfect. I am excited because that is a very obscure question. <laughs> and it's I poetry, think they're gonna obscure. be caught off guard. That, hey, that's a great point. That's a very, very good point. <laughs> um, 
I am also interested in talking a little bit um, about sort of, it's tricky, but how, how do I want to enunciate this? Like, I'm really interested in talking about, obviously, your title, like, works on two levels for me with, um, like, you're talking about myth and you're talking about very basic experience as well. Not mm -hmm. basic in, like, a demeaning way, but you know what I mean, like, the everyday sort okay. of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, your life, and then you're also talking about myth. And these mm -hmm. are working on two levels. Do you find it difficult in some ways to put these things in conversation with each other? Or do you find like myth lends itself to being in conversation with the everyday? Mm. So the, the two levels you're talking about are like the everyday mundane, well, everyday experiences. And then the other level being like, um, quote unquote, like made up mythological. Um, yeah, myth I mean, I think of, I think of myth like, Yes, I mean it on a made-up level, but I also mean it more so on, like, the scale of myth. Like, it's a grand-scale concept sort of thing. Um, hmm, that's a tricky... So, and, and you're asking, like, is it hard to work between the two, or...? Yeah, because I find you do it really well in these poems. Like, I think there's something there that is, like... Um, obviously, there are, like, shaped poems. You have um, poems that do all of these different things. Um, but throughout it, we're talking about sort of this elevation of experiences that you've actually had to this I think poetic what level. You're, or I feel like what you're picking up on, and you're like, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, mm, okay, let me just think for a second. I think it's like, so the poems are kind of like these snapshots, right? Of these like intimate moments. And mm -hmm. I feel like the way you can read them is that it's almost as if like time is slowed down in them and you and just in the narrator lets you in on their thoughts and their psyche and like what's going on and the mood and everything i feel like because like it's it's like it's a very intimate and intimate experience and to read it in a slow manner this is this is almost like kind of elevation um that happens to the experience Oh god, I don't know where I'm no, going yeah. with this. <laughs> no, no, I it's think like there's what you're nothing doing going is on. Think of... What? No, you're making oh. me think of like the what I was what I was saying in a different way, which is actually better. Um, because you're you're suggesting like almost this intimacy with these moments. I mean, you use the word intimate. Mm -hmm. um, you're suggesting this intimacy with these moments that then when we talk about myth. Right. Myth is a very like these stories are retold and retold and, and often are very broad stories. Yeah. Um, but these are very specific grounded instances in your life that are and and coming back to that word again, intimate. And and the way that we see them through the speaker um, in these poems and I guess in most poems in general, but I, I feel especially these poems um, is very, very personal. Um, how do you find like I guess the question I'm getting at is is how do you find this sort of tension between myth and reality and, and the everyday oh. in this sense? Um I find it comfortable to tread that between like what is reality and what is myth or unreal, right? It's it's very I don't know, it's it's easy for me to talk about whatever experiences I've been through and had. Um yeah, I like I find it just it's a nap <laughs> I don't know. It's all just one big story, Andrew. <laughs> it's, it's, easy to tell. <laughs> and it's easy to tell through these poems. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't think I'm answering your question very well. I'm sorry. 
No, you know what, though? I think, uh, well, I think you took a really good stab at it, better than I could do. As soon as I started asking that question, I was like, oh, no, this it was is a really, be really tough. No, it was a really smart question, and I don't think I'm, my poems or me are equipped to answer it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like, I feel like it's, no, 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 I think, I think you're there, but uh, I think, question, <laughs> thank you, I appreciate that. This is going to come off as a, as a really interesting um, podcast conversation like I feel like people are going to listen to this and be like oh wow a Andrew really mailed it in on this one and b <laughs> David really called him out on it <laughs> I didn't call you out anything I just don't know how to answer that because I don't I don't really look at my poems with like the perspective you as a reader do right because readers like you know pick up on things that the author won't and and it just doesn't like occur to me I guess and so you know if it if I'm not reading my poems how you do then I'll probably never think of the questions that you will ask me um but you know that being said I should maybe should be able to answer you but I'm sorry I can't (laughs) fully no I think you're I think that's very Um, fair and what you are talking about makes a lot of sense to me (laughs) yeah is this yeah um I have to ask as well I mean we talked well you talked very briefly there about sort of like how it's different to be an author than a reader in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering who you're reading right now. Uh, oh, I'm reading, um, it's right beside me, um, Amy LeBlanc's um, debut collection from Gordon Hill Press. It's called I Know Something You Don't. Um, I'm only finished the first part. It's really cool. Um, she has a lot of, does a lot of like fairy tale themes in this book. Um, it's a really gorgeous cover. Um, yeah, I yeah. just make my way through it. It's quite, it's quite good. Neat. Yeah, Amy LeBlanc. That is good to know. Yeah. Um, huh, I will check that out. Um, <laughs> we are slowly creeping towards the end of the episode. Okay. We filled a good five minutes there with me asking an interesting question. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it does mean that our time is fleeting. Um, so, David, I'm wondering if I could get you to read one more poem for us. Okay. Pick a page number. Um, can we do, can we do 69? Just because I find it very funny that your poems are so sexually charged and then, not sexually charged, but you know what I mean there. I mean, we used the term lustful earlier and you have a 69 page book. I feel like uh, we have to end on page 69. Okay. So this is the last poem and it's in part, no, obviously part four. It's called, it's called Walking Together at the End of the World. Walking together at the end of the world and calling you mine will be like naming the cosmic phenomenon no one thought to look for. In Scorpius, a burst of bronze light at the tip of its stinger that sparked the reversal of poles scientists had anticipated for so long. We traverse hand in hand across frozen seas, across engulfed metropolises, built to withstand the apocalypse, the ice beneath our feet pulsating with the glow of a skyscraper-sized cuttlefish. Rubbing my eyes, a frozen black eyelash sits in my palm. You insist that I make a wish before we move on, but just as I'm about to mutter the words, a breeze lifts the eyelash from my skin and it dances through the air lengthens into a tendril that splits into writhing tentacles that lash my frostbitten face to what end are you imagining david and that's the end of the book 
that's the end of the book and that will be the end of our interview david thank you so much uh for coming back on page fred i really appreciate you taking the time of to chat course. with me <laughs> and uh i'm looking forward to chatting more once you've got something new out or even just generally of course There you have it. That's my interview with David Lee. David, thank you so much for your time talking about Mythical Man, answering my weird questions. I had a lot of fun chatting over Skype, and I hope to have an in-person conversation sometime soon. Uh, if you, the listener, are enjoying the show, it's super easy to get more Page Fright. You can go to theandrewfrench.com slash pagefright, or you can subscribe to the show. Uh, if you feel extremely kind, you can leave a review. This helps other people find this literary goodness that we are trying to spread. Um, and especially at a time like right now, the, you know, you should have some time to write a review. It shouldn't be that taxing. <laughs> um, but... I really do appreciate you listening, um, and I hope that we will have you tune in again very soon. Um, so super easy ways to make this official, just subscribe to the show. Um, thanks again to David for his time, and I hope everybody is out there staying safe at home, six feet away from each other. Thanks again for listening. Um, this has been Page Fright. Page Fright.